We're here at a incredible European craftsman house that Joe McCarter did the design on. He had a, he oversaw the whole design, and you also had a landscape designer that you right. worked with. Was Brian Morris. Brian Morris. You started from pretty much scratch on this house, right? Correct. It was a Tuscan when I started on it. And you and you completely just changed everything about the home from you know fountains to stonework. Uh, this place is incredible. I want you guys to check out this interview with Joe McCarter, and you're going to love it. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. Joseph, how are you doing today? Great. I'm just fine. This is a beautiful house that we're in. So you designed this whole place. I mean, you designed all the interior. Right. Tell us how you got into doing that. That's, that's fascinating. Well, I started in set design. And from there, uh, set and lighting design. Um, from there, it just branched out into complete home. When you say set design, was that film or was that uh, like concert That was for sets? concerts, uh, productions, uh, Mostly concerts uh, and nightclubs, all in San Francisco area. So you've you've done everything from hotels to yachts to homes like this. What 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 really is enjoyable for you? Is it is it doing just different projects, or is it is there a certain specific type of project that you really enjoy doing? I like doing projects that you have to put a lot of thought into. uh, Different. Um, projects that that make you think, mm-hmm. that have a real interesting direction. Mm-hmm. That when you first look at the project, you know the outcome at the end. It takes a vision, right? It takes a, right. a visionary mind. Right. So, so our clients at uh, fund loans, our brokers that are watching this, they they really um, are looking for. We get paid by doing loans, right? So we're, we're we uh, we finance projects like this. So, um, would you say that you're at what's like what would you say like an average budget is for something like this? Like for this house, right? This is like fourteen thousand square feet, square feet, fifteen thousand square feet, right in there. Some a budget for something like that is in the millions, right? Or is it right? Uh, realistically, you know, it ranges from. A home like this, in this style home, um, craftsman, a European craftsman, there's a lot of detail. So that that factors, that's a high number. But you can range from uh, 8 million to 14, 15. Wow. wow. So do you see that some of your clients, I mean, I imagine a lot of them would pay cash for this, but do you think some of them might finance some, some things that they do? I would think more than half of them do. Yeah. I would too. Yeah, I mean, not, not, I think, you know. That's a, that's a creative way, a smart way of. Right, to get a little of, leverage on, right. on, on it and improve the property and, and things like that. Um, tell, tell us what it, like, kind of sets you apart and how you approach a new job. Generally, what sets me apart is that I have trade experience. I worked in construction. I worked in electrical um, and plumbing. Not so great at the plumbing. I didn't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But the electrical, which led to the lighting side of it, uh, was always interesting to me. And it took a lot of physical work. 
and it created a, a certain amount of uh, practicality in the design. Mm-hmm. So I understood what what chases were needed, uh, what kind of flooring was going to be expected with the kind of wiring and lighting that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the practical side of design, which I don't see a lot of designers having. So when you see a new job, you, you look at it from a point of, you see the end, the, the finished result, but then you know all the steps that you have to take to get to the end, and, and you know exactly what to do, and, and uh, based on experience, of course, and, and, and does every project kind of have a similar pattern of how it unfolds, or is it, is it something that you take a different approach? Every job has a, a structure that you can look at, you can look at it from the blueprint and you can go to the job site and visualize and uh, see how it's going to, how it's going to appear. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that just goes back to the, to the construction experience that I had. So I usually, um, on all projects, even the yachts, which, which are unique in themselves, um, are, are pretty well understood when we go into it. I don't have a problem with translating what it's going to take to to make it all happen. So you recently had a yacht that sold, that that you designed. Right. Tell us about that. Well, that yacht was um, very old in style. Um, Just needed a tremendous amount of work. Right. So I just, instead of having to work around the structure itself, except the walls, um, we just removed everything mm-hmm. out of it. So it was like, kind of like when you watch one of those shows, like uh, those renovation shows, it was like the interior was all tore up. Was that, is, that, is that how it looked? That's how it wound up looking. Um, to the owner come in ever and look at it and go, oh God, what did often, I do? Often, <laughs> often. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, like, how, how is it working with high net worth individuals? Well, you can be honest. It's, 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 it's interesting. Um, the clients that I have, all of them, uh, you know, they're all accomplished and they have the, they've created their own companies and many of, of them have created their companies from scratch. Yeah. So they know a lot right. in general. Uh, when they hire me to come into the project, um, they're hiring me because they know I know equal in my field. Right. And because I like to explain what I'm doing with a client, to the client, uh, they sometimes feel that they know the design as equal as, mm. as I do. And that gets a, a, a little stressful Right. And because they are accomplished, you know, they they're used to managing and controlling situations and uh, being the one that knows. Right. And it's uncomfortable not being in that position when you're spending money on some something like this. Right. So it's not always easy. That makes sense. But I I do try to explain to everything, all the processes so that they go into it with a a pretty uh, clear mind. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like I said, sometimes it comes back on me. Yeah. I could see where they might think that they know, like you said, equal. And you, know, you wouldn't go into a eye surgeon's 
uh, office and pretend to know, you know, what, what they know about the eye and the iris and the, absolutely. Know, and so, uh, I could see where that would be frustrating. And, but at the same time, uh, rewarding when you can show them what you can do and, and they right. see the end result. And the process and, is a, is a team process, whether right. it's a resort, a home or a yacht. Or it's uh, anything. It, it, it's a process, right? And you need the team to pull it together. So, you know, I just believe that everything should be explained. So, did you get your start? I mean, did you always want to be an entrepreneur, or always want to be in this field, or did it kind of just unfold as you kind of went from job to job, or from you know project to project? Did it? When did you know you wanted to be in, or that you were in? you wanted to be an entrepreneur or that you wanted to do this? Is that something that you learned early on or? I, I really didn't think about being uh, a, an entrepreneur. I thought that I enjoyed working on stage construction and I really enjoyed lighting. Mm-hmm. And the first half of my business life has been lighting, mm-hmm. working along with interior designers and working with them on their ceilings. Um, but I had not thought of doing this all by myself because I liked being in teams. But in my field, every, everyone is pretty much in their own business, so it's just automatically something I fell into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love doing it. So how important are referrals in your business? Uh, Extremely. Extremely I mean, I don't advertise. So uh, everything is by word of mouth and always has been. Yeah. And 15 years starting out with the lighting was the same way. I still did interiors, but I did interiors in New Orleans, not here. Right. I found it more of a European experience there. So I like doing the interiors along with the lighting. Here, it's been the last 15 solid uh, doing interior design mm-hmm. along with the lighting. I, com- I combine that. So uh, referrals are, are very important to me. And the referrals by the people I like working with are mm-hmm. most important. That's great. Yeah, it's key for our business too. For a mortgage broker, um, we live and die by referrals. You know, I mean, we can always pay for marketing and things like that, but it's just, just if you if you're trying to do higher end luxury or um, jumbo mortgages, it, it's it's very tough to pay for those type of leads because they're just you know, they go to their bank often or they just, they have another source. And so referrals are, are a really key way for us to thrive in our business. And so if a, if a mortgage broker were to try to find someone like you, I mean, they're, we're trying to teach them ways. There's a lot of ways to get business out there. And uh, one, one way is to find a designer or find a architect or someone that would know, you know, what to do. And, and actually I think a mortgage broker could come to you and add value by saying, you know, I've financed my client's property. They have a budget of a million dollars. You know, here's what they, you know, they're looking to do this whole, you know, addition to their house or they're looking to remodel their old home. Um, is that what would be a good approach 
Is that kind of how a, a mortgage broker should approach someone like you is, right. is to, that's to how bring I've you been. a client or, and then, you know, then naturally that could turn into something where you could refer back, you know, someone you, you, you meet up with that needs financing. And, and that's kind of what we try to teach. Is that, is that resonate with kind of how you think would be the best way that, to, that's how it normally happens. Yeah. Um, they'll contact me and ask me about a budget for a certain property and give them some rough idea. I'll find out what the owner wants and whoever else is in charge of the project and then give them rough budgets and then hopefully it'll be a project if it's something that I really would like to. Right. Hopefully then I would take it on. But that's normally how it... And you get refer referrals a lot from real estate agents and brokers, I, I imagine. Usually, yeah. And so... I think there could be kind of a, a really great synergy between maybe a mortgage person, real estate agent, and someone like you, where there could be a lot of referrals that kind of organically happen right. within that team. That's really the better way for me. Right. That's what I find. That's great. What was your favorite project that you've ever done? <laughs> well, we're sitting in it, so... This is a beautiful place. I mean, what we were talking about earlier offline is when you walk into this house, something I noticed is, is someone who you know loves music, loves sound, is that you know you have a house that's fourteen thousand square feet or roughly, right? And it doesn't feel like fourteen thousand square feet. It feels cozy in a way. I mean, we have a fire, of course, so that that makes it cozy, but it feels the sound of the home. It's not equi, it's not loud and bouncy like you, you know, when you walk into a very, very modern home. Uh, but I'm sure there's ways to even make modern homes cozy in, in a way. But you've incorporated sound, lighting, and all that into your design work. So how important is that when it comes to your job? Is that, I mean, do you think of that when you first start? Like, okay, I have to make the, you know, there's a sound element, there's a lighting element. I mean, that... Oh, oh, sure. Um, in this house, I was able to set up the rooms uh, and, and finding out from the owners how they wanted to live in the house mm -hmm. uh, allowed me to put a billiard room next to a family room and you could leave the billiard room door open and still play and watch TV or sit by the fire because the way that it sound mm -hmm. assisted. That's so. Good. Yes, in a, in a big house like this, you usually get a lot of echo. In this house, you don't have any echo. That's awesome. And all the ceilings are tall. But you feel, it feels like, it does feel tall, but at the same time, it feels Intimate. not too tall. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, like, this, that's how this house is supposed to be set up. It, it's set up for a family. Big home. They love heights. They love free open space. But... They want, they want to feel comfortable in this house if there's just the two of them mm -hmm. or if they have 50 friends or, you know, a party going on. That's awesome. So that's how this is set up. That's great. And so when, when you're dealing with uh, clients that ha have yachts, that's a whole nother level. I mean, that, right. you, you, you know, these days you can't just be a millionaire and have a yacht. You got to be a billionaire, I think, <laughs> or close to it, you know. Um, do you find that... that uh, in this day and age of, you know, Instagram where people are fronting and do you find that uh, people are trying to get access to yachts and, and I know there's charters and things like that. Is that is there, uh, do you have any insight on kind of, you know, what that, 
that clientele is is like. I mean, it, it, are are uh, all the people that own yachts like super rich, or is there some that just love nautical and and sea life and and just love being out on the you know fishing and and not maybe a billionaire? Or is it pretty much all billionaires? I think it's a big mix. <clears throat> the yachts that that you're talking about are considered as uh, there's different kinds of yachts right there's a luxury yacht which you're probably thinking of right then there's the working yacht or the right. fishing yacht which is you know up to 120 feet right uh, the luxury yachts go from 120 feet or 110 feet up to 250 and higher mm-hmm. um, but these are all toys in uh, to to a point of view, it's right. for them. They're, this is uh, this is their escape, uh, play play toy room. Right. I don't know how to say it other than it's just. There's a certain amount of practicality to this, though, that has to be applied because of the living space that you have in it. Right. Um, and how they use it for uh, several weeks at a time. They don't usually travel in them. If they're going hmm. from San Diego to Mexico, normally they meet the yacht down in oh, wow. in Mexico. I would have because, thought they would have stayed on it for some reason. No, because yachts, everything that is uh, possibly could fall, you have to have right. on the floor. Okay. Everything wrapped, everything protected, all the doors uh, in the in the yacht have to be secured. Hmm. So it's everything strapped down. So going down in a yacht to uh, from San Diego to Mexico is not would be not really a, So it's not really an aspect. Now, if you're in the Caribbean, where it's where you have a luxury yacht and you're uh, just tooling from area to area, then you can do that. But even at that point, you have some bouncing. Most people just go to the position that they want to meet the yacht at, and then. Okay. Put the anchor down and just kind of, kind of play, huh? So, um, do you also do some smaller projects where you just do like a renovation of a kitchen or? Oh maybe, sure. And do you ever find that maybe a mortgage broker brokers involved where they are trying to get their their client uh, a HELOC or some cash out of their equity to to pay for that? Sure. Um, I mean, there's all size of projects that we do. Uh, the this home was a complete home, but let's say they wanted to add another, they wanted to add a billiard room. Right. Uh, not a billiard room, a bowling alley. Like a bowling alley, yeah. Or a theater, maybe. A uh, bowling alley or theater, guest right. house. Uh, a lot of the people do take loans for that. Yeah, and they'll need a, need a mortgage broker and... And, and uh, I think it's for tax purposes, too. So, yeah. That yeah, that's, that's not unusual. Makes sense. Have you ever had an experience where a borrower ran out of money in the mm-hmm. middle of a project? That's happened. Um, like I said, I've been in business for for thirty years, so maybe um, six or seven times that I could think of, where maybe some financing would come in handy. Right, and I don't know if it's always just because they run out of money. I think sometimes they're doing it just to secure a better loan. Sure. Or readjust for that bowling alley that they're going to add on. Right. 
budget changed or, you know, they, they changed, they changed, changed. they wanted to add some things. And so, you know, how, how often does that happen where, you know, you come in with a budget and then the budget gets altered? Is that almost every time or is it, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's altered if there hasn't been good planning and the right parts of the teams to be brought in. Let's say, let's say, for example, uh, a contractor and a homeowner get together and they put together what they think the budget's going to be. And the contractor doesn't have the project yet. He's just kind of bidding it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that aspect is never really a great scenario because it's, it's going to be brought in too low. Sure. Because they're trying to bid for the project, right. and right, and that's how that's how that's how what how things happen, right? It's better to have a scenario where you already put together a team or a rough team, sure, and put together real numbers, and have discussions of where the owner's really going to go, mm-hmm. and then you're not going to have to refinance more than likely unless the owner or unless unless the owner becomes really creative and decides they want to add another story to the house or sure. they want to go down into solid rock or <laughs> whatever. Right. If it's planned out, the budget's not going to generally fail because each trade knows their business. I, I always like to project a little higher just so that there's no uh, scare in the middle of a project. That's good. Yeah, you should always plan ahead. And I'd rather I, come. I, I, things under, always cost more and take longer, right? That's the general rule of thumb. I um, always like coming in under the number if I can. Right. That's good. That's really good. Um, I was going to ask you. So, I always like to ask my guests, "What's your favorite failure?" Because as entrepreneurs or as just anyone who's had success, you've had to have stepping stones and you've had to have little failures. Never. Never had a failure. Never. <laughs> Has there, is there any failures that you would like to share that maybe taught you a cool lesson or? Um, yeah, you know, uh, there's, there's always things that surprise you, but um, I, can only, I, can, I can really only think of uh, some furniture when I was designing furniture out for a project and making it a little bit too big to get into the room (laughs) or um, maybe a table that's too long and can't fit into to uh, an elevator that has to be redesigned so that it can be taken apart to fit into the (laughs) elevator and that only comes down to just Checking and checking and checking. It is all about... Measure twice, cut once. Yes. (laughs) It's all about that. It's good. It's a good lesson. But I haven't had... I've been fortunate. So I haven't had uh, anything that has been horrendous in all these years. And I won't. That's good to hear. Any, uh, Any advice for someone starting out in, you know, in, in business that you'd, you'd like to share? Or even just no. I, I I have one thing. Um, staying current, and um, doing your research, and not just relying on pictures, 
mm-hmm. but understand theory, why things are done in a certain way. So you can understand when you're performing your design that there's a real element mm-hmm. to it. You've got to have a reasoning uh, to give your client why you're doing something a certain way. Yeah. And if you don't have that understanding, you won't accomplish anything. It just won't, it won't work. Yeah. So you have to be well read and um, you just have to be well read. So I do that. I don't want to lose my um, understanding of what current designs are. And I, and w- along with the design past that I have as knowledge, uh, they work really hand in hand. But you've got to understand your history behind design and um, where that actually came from. That's good. That's my advice. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's fund loans together.